In Act 1, we met Duke Orsino, who is in love with the Lady Olivia. Lady Olivia refuses to be seen for seven years after the death of her brother. Meanwhile, Viola and her brother Sebastian are saved from the same shipwreck, neither aware that the other survived. In order to survive in the strange land of Illyria, Viola disguises herself as a young boy to work in the male retinue of Duke Orsino, taking on the name Cesario. The disguised Viola is sent on behalf of the Duke to court Olivia. Viola herself admits that she has fallen in love with the Duke. In court of Lady Olivia, Sir Toby Belch brought Sir Andrew Aguecheek to court Lady Olivia, but he doesn't know that Lady Olivia has fallen in love with the disguised Cesario. Will you stay no longer? Nor will you not that I go with you. By your patience, no. My stars shine darkly over me. The malignancy of my fate might perhaps distemper yours. Therefore, I shall crave of you your leave that I may bear my evils alone. It were a bad recompense for your love to lay any of them on you. Let me yet know of you whither you are bound. No, sooth, sir, my determinate voyage is mere extravagancy. But I perceive in you so excellent a touch of modesty that you will not extort from me what I am willing to keep in. You must know of me then, Antonio. My name is Sebastian, which I called Rodrigo. My father was that Sebastian of Messaline, whom I know you have heard of. He left behind him myself and a sister, both born in an hour. If the heavens had been pleased, would we had so ended? But you, sir, altered that. For some hour before you took me from the breach of the sea was my sister drowned. Alas the day. A lady, sir, though it was said she much resembled me, was yet of many accounted beautiful. Though I could not with such estimable wonder over far believe that. Yet thus far I will boldly publish her. She bore a mind that envy could not but call fair. She is drowned already, sir with salt water, though I seem to drown her remembrance again with more. If you will not murder me for my love, let me be your servant. If you will not undo what you have done, that is, kill whom you have recovered, desire it not. Fare you well at once. My bosom is full of kindness, and I am yet so near the manners of my mother that upon the least occasion more, mine eyes will tell tales of me. I am bound to the Count Orsino's court. Farewell. The gentleness of all the gods go with thee. I have many enemies in Orsino's court, else would I very shortly see thee there. But come what may, I do adore thee so that danger shall seem sport, and I will go. You, sir, lad, Piscard, you, young sir, you, Orsino's man, you, were not you even now the Countess Olivia? Even now, sir. On a moderate pace, I have since arrived but hither. She returns this ring to you, sir. You might have saved me my pains to have taken it away yourself. She adds, moreover, that you should put your lord into a desperate assurance she will none of him, and one thing more, that you be never so hardy to come again in his affairs unless it be to report your lord's taking of this. Receive it so. She took the ring of me. I'll none of it. Come, sir. You peevishly threw it to her, and her will is it should be so returned. Ugh. If it be worth stooping for, there it lies in your eye. If not, be it his that finds it. I left no ring with her. What means this lady? Fortune forbid my outside hath not charmed her. She made good view of me. 
Indeed, so much that methought her eyes had lost her tongue, for she did speak and starts distractedly. She loves me sure. The cunning of her passion invites me in this churlish messenger. None of my lord's ring? Why, he sent her none! I am the man! If it be so, as tis, poor lady, she were better love a dream. Disguise, I see thou art a wickedness wherein the pregnant enemy does much. How easy is it for the proper false in women's waxen hearts to set their forms! Alas, our frailty is the cause, not we, for such as we are made of, such we be. How will this fadge? My master loves her dearly, and I, poor monster, fond as much on him, and she, mistaken, seems to dote on me. What will become of this? As I am man, my state is desperate for my master's love. As I am woman, now alas the day, what thriftless sigh shall poor Olivia breathe? Oh, time! Thou must untangle this, not I. It is too hard a knot for me to untie. Approach, Sir Andrew. Not to be a bed after midnight is to be up betimes. And if you kill a surgeon, thou knowest. Nay, by my troth, I know not. But I know to be up late is to be up late. A false conclusion. I hate it as a non-filled can. To be up after midnight and to go to bed then is early. So that to go to bed after midnight is to go to bed betimes. Does not our lives consist of the four elements? Faith, so they say, but I think it rather consists of eating and drinking. <laughs> Thou art a scholar. Let us therefore eat and drink. Marry, and I say, a stoop of wine. Ah, here comes the fool in faith. How now, my hearts? Did you never see the picture of we three? <laughs> Welcome, ass. Now let's have a catch. By my troth, Andrew has an excellent breast. <laughs> I had rather than forty shillings I had such a leg, and, and so sweet a breath to sing as Andrew has. Now a song. Come on, let's have a song. Hmm, if one night give a... Oh, would you have a love song or a song of good life? A love song, a love song. I, I, I care not for good life. Oh, mistress mine, where are you roaming? Oh, stay and hear your true love's coming, that can sing both high and low, trip no further, pretty sweeting, journey's end and lovers meeting, every wise man's son doth know. Excellent good in faith. Good, good. <gasps> what is love? Tis not hereafter, present mirth hath present laughter, what's to come is still unsure, in delay there lies no plenty. Then come kiss me, sweet and twenty, youth's stuff will not endure. A mellifluous voice, as thou art a true knight. A contagious breath. Oh, very sweet and contagious, in faith. To hear it by the nose, it is dulcet in contagion. But shall we make the welkin dance indeed? Shall we rouse the night owl in a catch that will draw three souls out of one weaver? Shall we do that? And you love me, let's do it! I'm a dog at a catch!
By your lady, sir, and some dogs will catch well. Most certain, let our catch be, thou knave. Hold thy peace, thou knave knight. I shall be constrained in it to call thee knave knight. Tis not the first time I have constrained one to call me knave. Begin, fool, it begins, hold thy peace. Well, I shall never begin if I hold my peace. Ah, good in faith. Come, begin. <laughs> what a caterwauling do you keep here? Oh, if my lady had not called her purse steward Malvolio and bid him turn you out of doors, never trust me. My lady's a Catean. We are politicians. Malvolio's a pega, Ramsey. And three merry men be we. Am I not consanguineous? Am I not of a blood? Tilly Valley. Lady, there dwelt a man in Babylon. Lady, lady. <laughs> Beshrew me, the knight's an admirable fooling. I he does well enough if he be disposed, and so do I too. He does it with a better grace, but I do it more natural. Oh, the 12th day of December. For the love of God, peace. My masters, are you mad? Or what are you? Have you no wit, manners, nor honesty, but to gabble like drunkards at this time of night? Do you make an alehouse of my lady's house, that you squeak out your coziers' catches without any mitigation or remorse of voice? Is there no respect of place, persons, nor time in you? Oh, we did keep time, sir, in our catches. Snack up. Sir Toby, I must be round with you. My lady bade me tell you that though she harbors you as her kinsman, she is nothing allied to your disorders. If you can separate yourself and your misdemeanors, you are welcome to the house. If not, and it would please you to take leave of her, she is very willing to bid you farewell. Farewell, dear heart, since I must needs be gone. <laughs> Nay, good Sir Toby. His eyes do show, his days are almost done. Is it if it's so? But I will never die. Sir Toby, there you lie. This is much credit to you. Shall I bid him go? What then if you do? Shall I bid him go and spare not? Oh, no, 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 you dare not. <laughs> Out of tune, sir, you lie. Art any more than a steward? Dost thou think that because thou art virtuous, there shall be no more cakes and ale? Yes, by Saint Anne, and ginger shall be hot in the mouth, too. Thou art in the right. <laughs> Go, sir, rub your chain with crumbs. A stoop of wine, Maria. Mistress Mary, if you prized my lady's favour at anything more than contempt, you would not give means for this uncivil rule. She shall know of it by this hand. <laughs> Oh, go shake your ears. Twere as good a deed as to drink when a man's are hungry, to challenge him the field, and then to break promise with him and make a fool of him. Do it, knight. I'll write thee a challenge, or I'll, I'll deliver thy indignation to him by word of mouth. Uh, b -b sweet Sir Toby, be patient for tonight. Since the youth of the counts was today with my lady, she's much out of quiet. For Monsieur Malvolio, hmm, 
let me alone with him. If I do not gull him into a nayward and make him a common recreation, do not think I have enough wit to lie straight in my bed. I know I can do it. Possess us! Possess us! Tell us something of him. Mary, sir, sometimes he is a kind of Puritan. Oh, if I thought that, I'd beat him like a dog! What, for, for being a Puritan? The exquisite reason, dear knight! Well, I have no exquisite reason for it, but I have reason good enough. The devil a Puritan that he is, or anything constantly but a time-pleaser, an affectioned ass that cons state without book and utters it by great swats, the best persuaded of himself, so crammed, as he thinks, with excellencies, that is his grounds of faith that all that look on him love him. And on that vice in him will my revenge find notable cause to work. What wilt thou do? I will drop in his way some obscure epistles of love, wherein by the color of his beard, the shape of his leg, the manner of his gait, oh, the expression of his eye, forehead, and complexion, he shall find himself most feelingly personated. I can write very like my lady your niece. On a forgotten manner, we can hardly make distinction of our hands. Excellent! I smell a device. Uh, I, I have it in my nose too. He shall think that by the letters that thou wilt drop, th that they come from my niece and that she's in love with him. Oh, my purpose is indeed a horse of that color. And your horse now would make him an ass. <laughs> ass, I doubt not. Oh, it will be admirable. Uh, sport royal, I warrant you. I know my physic will work on him. I will plan to you to... Oh, and to let the fool make a third, where you shall find the letter. Observe his construction of it. For this night, to bed, and dream on the event. Farewell. Good night, Pantalicia. Before me, she's a good wench. She's a beagle true brat, and one that adores me. Uh, what of that? Well, I was adored once, too. Uh, that's to bed, knight. Thou hadst need sent for more money. If I cannot recover your niece, I am a foul way out. Send for money, knight. If, if thou hast her not in the end, call me cut. If I do not, never trust me. Take it how you will. Come, come, I'll go burn some sack. It's too late to go to bed now. Come, knight, come, knight. Give me some music. Now, good morrow, friends. Now, good fool. But that piece of song, that old and antique song we heard last night, methought it did relieve my passion much more than light airs and recollected terms of those most brisk and giddy-paced times. Oh, come, but one verse. He is not here, so please, your lordship, that should sing it. Who was it? Festy the jester, my lord, a fool that Lady Olivia's father took much delight in. He is about the house. Seek him out, and play the tune the while. Come hither, boy. If ever thou shalt love, in the sweet pains of it remember me, for such as I am all true lovers are, unstayed and skittish in all motions else save in the constant image of the creature that is beloved. How dost thou like this tune? 
It gives a very echo to the seat where love is throned. Thou dost speak masterly, my life upon it. Young though thou art, thine eye hath stayed upon some favor that it loves. Hath it not, boy? A little, by your favor. What kind of woman is it? Of your complexion. <laughs> she is not worth thee, then. What years in faith? About your years, my lord. Oh, too old, by heaven! Let still the woman take an elder than herself. So wears she to him, so sways she level in her husband's heart. For, boy, however we do praise ourselves, our fancies are more giddy and unfirm, more longing, wavering, sooner lost and worn than woman's are. I think it well, my lord. Then let thy love be younger than thyself, or thy affection cannot hold the bent. For women are as roses, whose fair flower, being once displayed, doth fall that very hour. And so they are. Alas, that they are so, to die even when they to perfection grow. Oh, boy. Come, the song we had last night, it is old and plain, the spinsters and the knitters in the sun, and the free maids that weave their thread with bones do use to chant it. It is silly sooth, and dallies with the innocence of love like the old age. Are you ready, sir? Aye, prithee, sing. Come away, come away, death, and in sad cypress let me be laid. Fly away, fly away, breath, I am slain by a fair cruel maid my shroud of white stuck all with you all prepared my part of death no one so true did share Not a flower, not a flower sweet On my black coffin let there be strown Not a friend, not a friend greet My poor corpse where my bones shall be thrown a thousand thousand sighs to save lay me oh where sad true lover never find my grave to Once more, Cesario, get thee to yon same sovereign cruelty. Tell her, my love, more noble than the world, prizes not quantity of dirty lands. For the parts that fortune hath bestowed upon her, tell her I hold as giddily as fortune. 
but tis that miracle and queen of gems that nature pranks her and attracts my soul. But if she cannot love you, sir... I cannot be so answered. Sooth, but you must. Say that some lady, as perhaps there is, hath for your love as great a pang of heart as you have for Olivia. You cannot love her, you tell her so. Must she not then be answered? There is no woman's side can pide the beating of so strong a passion as love doth give my heart. No woman's heart so big to hold so much. They lack retention. Alas, their love may be called appetite, no motion of the liver, but the palate that suffers for fight, cloyment and revolt. But mine is all as hungry as the sea, and can digest as much. Make no compare between that love a woman can bear me, and that I owe Olivia. Ay, but I know— What dost thou know? Too well what love women to men may owe. In faith, they are as true of heart as we. My father had a daughter, loved a man. As it might be, perhaps, were I a woman, I should your lordship. And what's her history? A blank, my lord. She never told her love, but let concealment like a worm i' the bud feed on her damask cheek. She pined in thought, and with the green and yellow melancholy, she sat like patience on a monument, smiling at grief. Was this not love indeed? We men may say more, swear more, but indeed our shows are more than will, for still we prove much in our vows, but little in our love. But died thy sister of her love, my boy. I am all the daughters of my father's house, and all the brothers too, and yet I know not. Sir, shall I to this lady? Ay, that's, that's the theme. To her in haste, give her this jewel. Say my love can give no place. Bide no, Danae. Come thy ways, senor fool. Nay, I'll come. If I lose a scruple of this sport, let me be boiled to death with melancholy. <laughs> Wouldst thou not be glad to have the rascally, rascally sheep-biter come by some notable shame? Oh, I would exult, man. We will fool him black and blue, shall we not, Sir Andrew? And we do not, it is the pity of our lives. Here comes the little villain. How now, my metal of India? Get you all three into the box tree. Bavolio's coming down this walk. He has been yonder in the sun practicing behavior to his own shadow this half hour. Observe him, for the love of mockery, for I know that this letter will make a contemplative idiot of him. Uh, close, in the name of jesting. Lie thou there, for here comes the trout that must be caught with tickling. Tis but fortune, all is fortune. Maria once told me she did affect me, and I have heard herself come thus near, that should she fancy, it should be one of my complexion. Besides, she uses me with a more exalted respect than anyone else that follows her. What should I think on it? Here's an overweening rogue. Slight, I could so beat the rogue. A piece, I say. To be Count Malvolio. A rogue. Pistol him, pistol him. Peace, peace. There is example for it. The lady of Stracci married the yeoman of the wardrobe. Having been three months married to her, sitting in my state. Oh, for a stone boat to hit him in the eye. 
calling my officers about me in my branched velvet gown, having come from a daybed where I have left Olivia sleeping. Fire and brimstone! Oh, peace, peace! And then to have the humor of state, and after a demure travel of regard, telling them I know my place as I would they should do theirs, to ask for my kinsman Toby, Boats and shackles. Oh, peace, peace, peace. Now, now. Seven of my people, with an obedient start, make out for him. I frown the while, and perchance wind up my, my watch, or play with my... some rich jewel. Toby approaches, curtsies there to me. Shall this fellow live? Though our silence be drawn from us with cars, yet peace. I extend my hand to him thus, quenching my familiar smile with an austere regard of control. And does not Toby take you a blow of the lips then? Saying, Cousin Toby, my fortunes having cast me on your niece, give me this prerogative of speech. What? What? You must amend your drunkenness. Oh, out, scab. Nay, patience, or we break the sinews of our plot. Besides, you waste the treasure of your time with a foolish knight. Ooh, that's me. I warrant you. One Sir Andrew. I knew twas I, for many do call me a fool. What employment have we here? Now is the woodcock near the gin. Oh, peace, and the spirit of humor is intimate reading aloud to him. By my life. This is my lady's hand. These be her very seeds, her u's and her t's, and thus she makes her great peas. It is in contempt of question, her hand. Her c's, her u's, and her t's. Why's that? To the unknown beloved, this and my good wishes, her very phrases, by your leave, wax soft, and the impressure of her lucretia with which she uses to seal, tis my lady. To whom should this be? Jove knows I love, but who? Lips do not move, no man must know. No man must know what follows. The numbers altered, no man must know. If, if this should be thee, Malvolio? Marry, hang me, Brock. I may command where I adore, but silence like a Lucretian knife. With bloodless strike my heart doth gore, M-O-A-I doth sway my life. A fustian riddle. Excellent wench, say I. M-O-A-I doth sway my life. Nay, but first, let me see, let me see, let me see. I may command where I adore. Why, why she may command me? I serve her. She is my lady. Why, this is evident to any formal capacity. There is no obstruction in this. And the end, what should that alphabetical position portend? If I could make that resemble something in me, softly, M-O-A-I. Oh, I make up that. He is now at a cold scent. M. Malvolio, M, why that begins my name. Did not I say he would work it out? The cur is excellent at faults. M, A should follow, but O does. And O shall end, I hope. Aye, or, or I'll cudgel him and make him cry, O. And then I comes behind, M-O-A-I. The simulation is not as the former, and yet to crush this a little, it would bow to me, for every one of these letters are in my name. Soft, here follows prose. If this fall into thy hand, revolve, in my stars I am above thee, but be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. Be opposite with a kinsman, surly with servants. Let thy tongue tang arguments of state. Put thyself into the trick of singularity. 
she thus advises thee that sighs for thee. Remember who commended thy yellow stockings, and wished to see thee ever cross-guarded. I say remember. Go to, thou art made, if thou desirest to be so. If not, let me see thee a steward still, the fellow of servants, and not worthy to touch fortune's fingers. Farewell, she that would alter services with thee, the fortunate unhappy. Daylight and champion discovers not more. This is open. I will be proud. I will baffle Sir Toby. I will wash off gross acquaintance. I will be point devised the very man. I, I do not now fool myself to let imagination jade me. For every reason excites to this that my lady loves me. She did commend my yellow stockings of late. She did praise my leg being cross-gartered. And in this she manifests herself to my love, and with a kind of injunction drives me to these habits of her liking. I thank my stars I am happy. I will be strange, stout, in yellow stockings and cross-gartered, even with the swiftness of putting on. Jove and my stars be praised. Here is yet a postscript. Thou canst not choose but know who I am. If thou entertainest my love, let it appear in thy smiling, thy smiles become thee well. Therefore in my presence still smile, dear my sweet, I pray thee. Jove, I thank thee, I will smile, I will do everything that thou wilt have me. I could marry the wench for this device. Oh, so could I too. And ask no other dowry with her but such another jest. Uh, nor I neither. Well, here comes, my noble gold-catcher. Wilt thou set thy foot o'er my neck? Or o'er mine either? Shall I play my freedom at trade-trap and become thy bond-slave? In faith, or I either? Why, thou hast put him in such a dream that when the image of it leaves him, he must run mad. Uh, nay, but say true, does it work upon him? Like aqua vitae with a midwife. <laughs> If you will then see the fruits of the sport, mark his first approach before my lady. He will come to her in yellow stockings, and tis a color she abhors, and cross-guarded, the fashion she detests, and he will smile upon her, which will now be so unsuitable to her disposition, being addicted to a melancholy as she is, that it cannot but turn him into a notable contempt. If you will see it, follow me. To the gates of Tartar, thou most excellent devil of wit. I'll make one too.